0: Hello friends, welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives, our little podcast. So glad to have you with me again this week. This is our little podcast, as I say each week, designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. This is episode 165, and today I want to talk about this little phrase, I love being a part of this team yeah that's our theme today i love being a part of this team as always would love for you to share this with your friends other leaders that you may know wherever you may be listening could you leave us a review and leave us a rating that helps us through all of the way that that technology is designed for us to be more visible and for others to know about us so we would really really appreciate the share, the review, the rating. And if you know, want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. Do you ever use the phrase, I love being a part of this team? When you think about your church, when you think about your organization, your, your the place of your employment, when you think about volunteer groups that you may be a part of, maybe team isn't the word your organization uses, but it's that idea that I love being a part of this team, that the relationships, the sense of purpose, that it's very fulfilling, that it, it means a lot to you personally. You can really sort of look up beyond the minutiae of your daily life and you can see that your life is for something bigger than yourself. And and I want to talk about that idea today that I love being a part of this team. That's the title of today's podcast. I love being a part of this team. And I want to share with you four reasons. And I'm going to talk about some detail on each reason, but four reasons or four ways that those that you lead could Say this. They could come to you and say, you know, L- Leader Lance, <laughs> not they, David Lance. I love being a part of this team. I-, I want my team members to say that. I want your team members to say that. So let's look at the four reasons. Reason number one that somebody could say, I love being a part of this team. Is because you and I, as a leader, reason number one, we love people more than paperwork. We love people more than paperwork. You know, look, paperwork is important. Email is important. Uh, communication and connecting to people and responding to emails and texts and meetings and all of that stuff is really important. And it, and it has a valuable place. Have you ever been a leader, though, where you find that you would rather just sort of hide behind the computer screen and um, not attend that meeting? Or certainly if you're there, you're not present, you're not really listening as well as you can or contributing as fully as you know that you are uh, capable of doing it and really should be doing. And so it's important that we love people more than paperwork. I've met leaders who love paperwork more than people. I've been in times where I love paperwork more than I love people. Paperwork doesn't come with emotions. Paperwork doesn't come with baggage. Paperwork doesn't come with when necessarily the, the type of a person-to-person criticism. Uh, paperwork doesn't come with certain expectations that you get from, from other people. The idea of paperwork is really uh, it's this idea that what i'm doing is uh that doesn't involve people is is more fulfilling than that which i do with people now i can recognize you have certain jobs out there such as a a uh, CPA or um, other types of jobs where you're very sort of to yourself, and but but you but even in that environment, you know that what you're doing is to add value to other people. Without people, you wouldn't have a job as a CPA, a corporation. So th- I want to remind you that what we do is really about people, and it's about loving people. And when I mention loving people more than paperwork. Uh, A few ideas come to mind. One is uh, you're affirming. You affirm other people. You go out of your way to intentionally and specifically communicate to people what you admire about them, what you love about them. You celebrate as specific as possible the contributions they are making to the environment, to your team, to your ministry, to your small group, to your organization. You affirm their values. You affirm their character. You affirm when they're aligning with the culture in their beliefs and in their practice and in their behaviors and in their values and in their follow-through. Affirmation is a powerful way to love people more than paperwork. Making room for idea sharing is a very powerful way to make room for other people. You welcome their ideas, you solicit their ideas, you even implement their ideas, you You not only hear and uh, solicit and implement their ideas, but you actually delegate and you give others who have those ideas authority and responsibility, uh, decision-making authority, access to resources, everything needed to implement that idea and really experience the fruition of that thought and that creativity. Loving people more than paperwork. Affirmation. Open spaces and welcoming of idea sharing with giving responsibility in that area. Another way that we love people more than paperwork is by caring. Caring. I would just, here's a simple thing I do, and maybe this would be too hard depending on the size of your organization, but I have uh, all of my staff employees, their birthdays on my calendar. And for many of them, I have wedding anniversaries as well. Uh, For some of them, um, I have the passing of parents on my calendar. So, when something like that pops up, these are real powerful moments for people, emotional moments, memorable moments. I want to be a loving leader. I want them to know that hey, you know, like just recently one of our staff dad had passed away a few years ago and and I know he's listening today cuz he listens to the podcast every week, he tells me. So, I love you that person whom I'm talking about. But I just wanted him to know like hey, You weren't there when your dad passed, and I recognize this is an anniversary, and maybe there's some thoughts and emotions that are connected to that today. And I love you, and I care about that for you, and I wish there was something I could do to support you during this time. You see, the people we lead, they bring these things to the office. They bring these things to the area of their leadership, their responsibility, their job, their contribution. And I want you to be a loving leader. I want you to love people more than you love paperwork. I want you to love people more than you love productivity. I want you to love people more than you love efficiency. I want you to make sure that all of these things have people at the center. And I believe that when you and I can do that, it's more likely that those people we have the privilege of leading might say something like this to you and to me i love being a part of this team i love being a part of this team because they feel loved all right so make sure you are loving people more than you're loving the paperwork reason number two reason number two and you know We may only get through two of the four reasons this week in this podcast, and if that's the case, I'll pick up next week. Reason number two, people might say, I love being a part of this team, is that we connect before we communicate, connect before we communicate. I've been reading a a book by an author named John Howard, and the book is More Than Words, and it's about the power of connection before communication. And I'm a communicator. I'm um, uh, Both it's a gift and I love doing it, so it's not just an obligation, but it, it is part of my job description to, to give a speech uh, every week. And so I do this anywhere from 35 to 42 times a year in my own local organization, one a week, and then multiple meetings, et cetera. So communication is a big part of my job. It's an important part of my job. And so I'm a communicator a lot. And I say that because I often think about the words, the vocabulary, the ideas, the concepts, the truths, connect them them together, memorable message making, walkaway points, twitterable lines, etc. I can often find myself putting a lot of emotional and creative energy into communication, and I didn't put much energy into connection. One of the questions that's helped me, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast, I don't remember what episode it was. But I talked about one of the questions I ask myself or one of the thoughts that I consider before I put to, while I'm putting together this speech that I'm going to give, for lack of a better word, is I ask myself, uh, what do I have in common with the audience when it comes to this topic? Whether the topic is uh, generosity or tenacity or endurance or perseverance or kindness or whatever it may be, what do I have in common with the audience? Because I want to make a connection. I want to share a story. I want to share some thoughts. I want to share some ideas that help create a connection before I really get into the communication. Now, I want to share with you some thoughts from the book, More Than Words by John Howard, to really underscore the power and the necessity for connection before communication. John Howard says in the book, Generally, when partners feel uh, connected, they can navigate the issues of life with care and relative ease, and when they don't, everything is an issue. Let me read that to you again. When Generally, when partners or teammates or coworkers or friends or family, etc., feel connected to you, they can navigate the issues of life with care and relative ease, but when they don't feel connected, Everything is an issue. Everything is an issue. And I can say, yes, that's true. I relate to that to myself. When I don't feel connected to my wife, to my friends, to my teammates, when I don't feel connected to God, when I don't feel connected to myself, and it's not just I live by feelings, but I'm wondering, why am I feeling this way? What needs adjustment? Where does faith need to step in? Where does leadership practice need to step in? Because when we feel connected, life just seems easier. And we're able to handle its challenges with a lot more confidence and creativity and courage. And when we don't feel connected, it feels like life can overwhelm us. Now, the author in all of his research and in the early part of the book in chapter one, he says this, in short, if we want to increase love and connection in our relationships, we must allow nonverbal expressions to communicate care and love directly to another person's nervous system. To help us begin doing this below, I offer you six steps for how to prioritize connection over communication in your relationships notice the author doesn't say i'm telling you to prioritize connection and eliminate communication communication has a very powerful role but we want to have connection first and it makes the communication so much more important and so much more powerful And here are the six steps. I just want to share these with you from the author's book and give you a little thought. Number one, step number one is established mindset. He says, focus your mind and intent on creating a sense of security with others when you interact with them more than on getting things done or communicating information. Boy, leaders like to get things done, and we love communicating information and vision. And the author is suggesting and has some very powerful data to back up his point that we really need to focus our mind and our intent more on creating a sense of security with other people when we interact with them, not just let's get this done and here's what you need to know. So we need to have a mindset of connection. Step number two, be aware of your presence. When you're together, notice how you're being with each other over the activity you're engaged in. Uh, Years ago in 2011, I was seeing a therapist and he said to me, Lance, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to people is the gift of being present. The author says here, being present enough to receive another is just as important to connection and intimacy as doing and saying things. Receiving includes noticing others, appreciating little things about them, making room for them in our presence physically and emotionally. Often, I like to say to my wife at times, wow, you look really pretty today. That's a true statement. i she's pretty all the time but there are times i know that she's gone to some extra effort to really put on a special outfit for a special occasion and it's not that i just want to say you look pretty today it's that that color accentuates your eyes that color really complements your skin tone that color is really amazing for you it's an attractive color It's saying to my coworkers, I noticed that you went out of your way to be exceptionally kind by the patience with which you spoke to that person and the tone that you chose to use intentionally that was soft and gentle yet assertive. Being uh, aware of your presence in the presence of other people is very, very powerful. Step number three, use connecting cues. We need to utilize non-verbals to communicate connection to another person's nervous system. Soften our facial expressions so that your partner and others can read them as friendly. Use touch and proximity to convey closeness and directly to their nervous system. But you gotta be um you've got to fall within the boundaries of that, right? Inappropriate for guys to be touching females and certain all of those sort of boundaries. And so you gotta be very, very sensitive to the protocols people's personal space, personal uh, likes and preferences, but you've got to keep it appropriate and full of integrity and full of security and full of safety, but you also want to use connecting cues. Okay, here's step number four for connection before communication, share feelings. Share feelings. Thought about all my guy friends on this one. Like, it's just traditionally stereotypical that men don't share feelings. Uh, Look, men that are listening, you feel things. I feel things. Let's get really good at learning how to share those feelings. The author says focus on sharing your feelings more than on transactional communication. If you've already engaged in much logistical talk about schedules, money, and chores, try to take your conversation into more emotional territory. I was working with a friend one time in this area. They had a hard time communicating their feelings. So, the very simple thing we did, and this might be helpful for you, is that I just said, why don't you look up a vocabulary chart of emotional words? And each week, We'll get together, and I want you to pick two or three words from that emotional chart. Part of it, it wasn't because my friend didn't feel. that Part of it was my friend didn't have an emotional vocabulary, didn't know how to put words to the things that they were feeling. Much of this is oftentimes rooted in our childhood. Feelings can be new. They can be changing and evolving, and we need to learn to communicate our feelings, making time to share feelings and making time to ask about the feelings of another helps us get to know each other in a very deep way step number five there's a lot of information today hopefully you're jotting this down step number five prioritize the process what does this mean Again, the author says, prioritize the process of your interaction over the content. Learn to pay attention in the moment to subtle changes of tone and expression that may indicate hurt or frustration, maybe even celebration or enthusiasm, and use connecting tools to convey that your sense of security and care is more important than the content. Sometimes just saying to someone, I'm really sorry you're going through that. That seems really difficult. I'm so excited that's happening for you. What a breakthrough. What a great moment that you've been longing for. What an amazing surprise that you got from your boss or from your spouse or your family member, or your friend. Prioritize the process, learning to pay attention. We often call this uh, active listening. Active listening is not just listening to the content of what another person is saying, but it's actually listening to the emotion, listening to the eyes, listening to the facial expressions, listening to the body language, listening to the subtle inflections of tone and learning to interpret that. And then you, as the listener, verbalizing your interpretation to make sure it's actually accurate. And it's what they're saying. And having this kind of conversation, friends, you, you find that you move past sometimes the content of the conversation and you actually start dialoguing about a deeper heart connection. Step number six, take care of each other. Be ready to provide care and comfort in the moment. If someone gets hurt or is frustrated, be ready to celebrate with someone if something amazing has happened. So these are the six steps that John Howard in his book, More Than Words, talks about in com- Connect Before You Communicate. Let me just read you the six steps without any commentary. Step number one, establish mindset. Step number two is to be aware of your presence. Step number three is to use connecting cues. Step number four, share feelings. Step number five, prioritize the process. And step number six, take care of each other. I love being a part of this team. Here's two reasons that we've talked about today that as we implement and live out naturally as a leader, I believe it gives those that we lead a higher likelihood and a higher percentage of saying something to the effect, I really love being a part of your team. And if we were to ask them why, these are two reasons we would hope they might say. Number one, you love me. More than you love your paperwork. You love me more than you love the title and the influence and the authority and the power and prestige that comes with your role as a leader. And secondly, I love how you want to connect with me before you want to inform me. I love how you want to connect with me more than you want to communicate with me. Love people more than paperwork and connect before we communicate. I think those are really powerful reasons, and those are things I wanna work on this week. How about you? Can we work on it together this week? Loving people more than paperwork? Connecting before we communicate? Even if it's just a few seconds of, how are you doing? Tell me about your week. All right, friends, I love you. Stay healthy, stay hopeful this week. I'll talk to you again next week on Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives.